0: Hello. How are y'all? I'm Matt. So good to see you today. Man, it's been a long time since I've been over here in this place. One quick thing if you have tasted of the goodness of Jesus, will you just thank Him real quick? Jesus, we just thank you for so many things that you have done in our lives. We have tasted. And we have seen the goodness of God, and you have ruined us, and we are done. We are done. We are here for you. Glorify your name today. How oh, we love you. Where do you want to take us today, Lord? We're excited. Y'all excited? Whew, man, he's so good. I can't get over the goodness of God. He's been wrecking me all week just spending time just chewing on the word Oh my Jesus so I will begin now I felt like the Lord was speaking to me to share a message on impartation to get your hearts ready for the things to come I believe we are in a season where God is uh, initiating increase of graces gifts and anointings to be released and stirred up over us and over this house in various ways through each other and through the people that are coming uh, to speak into this community. I believe generations of blessings are coming in and I want your hearts to be ready to receive all that the Lord is bringing. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Once again, he's been coming through these seasons in a powerful way. We have not been without the Lord. And he has brought us through some hard some hard times and we're smiling because he's good. There are these moments captured in scripture of people who caught wind of what the Lord was doing and pressing into it, putting their faith to work, and it stirs me up. It really stirs me up. When I went through these scriptures, Holy Spirit caused my heart to burn and I cried out. I the Bible really opened up to me, and there was so much that he was showing me that I never saw before. And I had uh, friends of mine that I grew up with a long time ago, they weren't even like pastors or preachers, and they were burning for the Lord. And they were seeing the power of God come in so many ways. And it caused the hunger in me to hear these reports. So when I went through these scriptures, Holy Spirit caused my heart to burn and I cried out and I heard of of old friends that seeing this stuff happening and I compared it with scripture and cried out, Lord, if this is you, I want it. He answered and he is still answering. In his answering, he led me to people throughout my walk who possessed a hunger and a desperation, not just for their own lives to be filled with him, but for the lives of many others, for the lives of the people of their cities, for the people of their states, for the people of their nations, and for the generations to come. I've seen with my own eyes where the Lord through scripture promises, the blind seeing, the lame walking, The deaf hearing, demons cast out, though I have not seen the dead raised yet. I have heard the accounts, and I believe he is doing these things through his children. I know he's doing it. I know he's doing it, because he promised, and he who promised is faithful. May we be good stewards of this moment that we're in. In the earlier accounts of Mark, Jesus announces the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent and believe in the gospel following this declaration Jesus is casting out demons and he's healing all kinds of diseases and his fame is spreading all throughout the region of Galilee the kingdom of heaven was at hand and the violent were seeking it by force what Michaela was talking about earlier is an act of violence when we worship him we make sure that we stay connected to him repentance and believing is what positions us to receive all that he has for us I was telling me and Amari were talking the other day and he says in the scriptures he says all things are yours and I think about when I about these scriptures it says that all things are yours and i think about joshua and the israelites in the promised land god gave them the promised land but they still had to go take it there's a process that was taking place there's a hunger and there's a thirst that positions us to move forward I don't know if I've got enough time to go through all the scriptures that I want to go through. That's okay. I'll paraphrase. And you guys be good Bereans and you go home and make sure I'm not preaching heresy. (laughs) Sound good? So in Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, Jesus comes into Capernaum. He's at Peter's house and his fame has just spread throughout all of the region of Galilee all of these things that Jesus is doing and the house is filling up really quickly they can't even get nobody else in the house by the time these four guys show up with their friend who is a paralytic four guys come and they see that there's no way to get this friend of theirs into the house but they were hungry and they were poor in spirit. I would tell you this hunger will spark creativity. These men had an idea come to them that they could go climb up on the house and they could lift their friend up and they could lower him down to the feet of Jesus. These guys tore a hole in the roof. And they saw that it looked like there was no way to get to the thing that was probably stirring in their heart that God put inside of their heart and the obstacles were not too great so they went they picked up their friend tore the hole in a roof and their friend when he gets down to Jesus Jesus saw their faith He saw their faith. Faith looks like something. It says in James that faith without works is dead. You show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Did you know that you were created in Christ Jesus for good works? Every one of you, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you believe this? Seriously. He predestined you for good works. Jesus saw their faith, and what happened? The guy got healed. These four friends, hunger and thirst, positioned their friend to be able to walk again, and they didn't settle. They went, and they met their faith. They met the hunger that God put inside of them. This is an act of violence as well to position you in the places that God wants us to come. He's inviting us. Next, I think about Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. Bartimaeus was a blind man and Jesus was passing by. And Bartimaeus is, he's crying out. He's crying out for Jesus. I can't remember exactly. Was it son of David? Have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. He's hollering. And people are telling him, shut up. Be quiet, Bart. Be quiet. But he doesn't stop because he's heard the stories of this man. He's heard the stories. And he's heard that the kingdom of God is here and at hand. So Bartimaeus presses in. Even though people are telling him, good people are telling him to be quiet. And Bartimaeus got healed. Bartimaeus went from being blind to seeing. The kingdom of heaven surfaced violence, and the violent taken by force. One of the things about this gospel is it's not our works outside of him. We work from the position of a son and a daughter. We we are inspired by him and compelled by him to build with him when we invite the kingdom of heaven into the earth. And there's lots of things that he wants us to do. Even in intercession. There is one that I'm definitely gonna read though. Is everybody okay? You good? Y'all are listening really intently, aren't you? That's good. Any heresies yet? No. None? Okay, good deal. You can laugh, it's okay. There's joy in the kingdom. I love y'all. I love We've been praying for you guys all week. And so I'm so I'm so filled with joy to see you guys taking hold of what the Lord has set you apart for. And you're not taking no for an answer. I love this because I've seen the hungry. I've ran with the hungry throughout my life, and there's this this thing that they carry that is just, they will not be denied the kingdom. They won't. They'll find a way to get to where he is, and they'll find a way to get to where he's going. They'll, they'll be creative, and they will, they will listen, and they won't kill. They won't steal. They won't do the things that we're not supposed to do but it's so much creativity at work. They'll press in to the Father, and the solutions begin to come, and it's so good. And it's not just for church alone, obviously. We are the church, but it's for the world as well. If you want to, you can turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter five. You might have it memorized by now, that'd be great. Mark chapter 5 verse 25 This is an example for me a prophetic picture that actually happened of of pressing in and receiving the reward of pressing in Luke chapter 16 verse 16 talks about pressing in. It says the kingdom of heaven is being preached and everyone is pressing into it. Everyone. Mark chapter 25 through 34. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. He had spent all she had spent, all that she had and was no better, but she rather grew worse When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to to see her who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Mm. That's a good one every time. She was most likely an outcast of society because according to Jewish rituals, she was unclean. So nobody could be near her without being unclean. There's no telling what kind of shame she endured for all these years trying to get this thing taken care of. She was oppressed by the enemy. She spent all her money on uh, physicians and nothing nothing changed, maybe even got worse. She's potentially in a hopeless situation, but then she catches wind of this man walking through Galilee. And something flickers inside of her, I'm sure. And she's being stirred up. And he's summoning her to this moment. And in this moment, when Jesus is walking through, and I'm talking about, I don't know if you've ever seen people who are very famous if you've ever been near them, when, when all these people are wrapped around them, you really can't even see them most of the time. You might not even know where they're at. So this woman, she goes after it. She sees Jesus, and she comes in, and she, touches, she just touches the hem of his garment, and her faith pulls heaven right into her situation. Heaven comes, and she received the reward that her father set apart for her and set her up in this moment. She pressed in to this moment. She could have let him pass her by. She could have been timid. But there was something inside of her that had to to enter into this moment. It was a violent act. There was an impartation We see in this account of the woman with the issue of blood, the transference of the anointing. The anointing broke the yoke of the enemy, and the anointing was imparted. There we go. So that leads us to the subject of impartation. Y'all ready? All right. The impartation is the transference of the anointing for various reasons. What I will discuss here is impartation through the laying on of hands. It is not the only way that an impartation is given. But is definitely given a lot through this particular way. Laying on of hands is one of the six foundational teachings of Christ and the early church. It's found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. I don't want you guys to be trapped in any demonic ideology that says that this is done with, that God is tired and retired, because he's not. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's begin. In Acts chapter 19, verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. In Acts chapter 18, chapter 8, verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, The Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money. We see here that the laying on of hands is actually used to impart the Holy Spirit himself in these two verses. And a little side note. Every time Holy Spirit fell on someone, they would speak in tongues and or prophesy and preach with boldness. Every time Holy Spirit would manifest, he would come through their mouth. It was those living waters inside of them that were coming forth in these moments, every place in Scripture. Next, we see in Second Timothy, chapter one, verse six, it says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Guess how? There we go. <laughs> 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 Through the laying on of hands. Let's look also at 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Here we see that the gifts are stirred up and given to you by the laying on of hands. But it is not limited to laying on of hands, as I said earlier, One of the first accounts of impartation recorded in Scripture was in Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people, and you may not bear it yourself alone. This was God talking to Moses. He was delegating authority, heavenly authority. So we see here that there is no laying on of hands and Holy Spirit fell. This occasion was to anoint with wisdom. And there are two more examples of the laying on of hands I'd like to share with you guys. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid and laid hands on them. They sent them away. This was to anoint with calling. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Uh, now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. This was to no- to anoint with uh, wisdom and authority. Impartations are still happening today it is an absolute necessity that we do not become discouraged though discouragement will come we don't have to become discouraged that we do not give up and that we continue to cry out to him that we're not going to give up till we're touched by him there is more a former Baptist pastor uh, by the name of Randy Clark who he had two impartations through the Lord throughout the years and powerful things took place but he was entering into a place of burnout he was dry and he was on the verge of a nervous breakdown he was crying out to the Lord for more because he tasted and he has seen the goodness and we have to be filled up continually it's not a one time thing when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit when you're filled with the Holy Spirit it's a lifestyle so this man on the verge of a breakdown on a nervous breakdown he he's crying out to the Lord and the Lord leads him to a man named Rodney Howard Brown Uh, he goes to a meeting at a church in Kentucky I believe I think it was Rhema Bible Institute correct me if I'm wrong he goes up there He he's having a little bit of trouble with it he feels like God's giving him a test because he didn't agree with everything that was going on out there so he went anyway he goes to this meeting and he's uncomfortable with the the manifestations of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is is powerfully manifesting and he—he's not comfortable, but he's still crying out to God. He wants God no matter what. He's pressing in. So they do a, a call for people to get prayed for. Four thousand five hundred people come up front. He's having trouble getting up front. He's still crying out, God, I want more of you. The people come. They do their thing a door opens, he sees Rodney Howard Brown in the hallway the Lord set the table he gets prayed for the spirit of God drops on him and he is planted on the floor he cannot get up he got prayed for five times in this meeting he said that there was incredible incredible peace that came upon him And he wasn't worried about a nervous breakdown anymore. When he left from this encounter, he went back to his church. And I'm not sure if it was still a Baptist church or not. But he said that there were so many manifestations of the Holy Spirit breaking out in power in this church. And people that were were not even, (laughs) they were not even like, they didn't laugh, they didn't manifest, they didn't do all these things. They're laughing. One of his directors was over here laughing. A guy named Happy Lehman, but they said he was a serious guy named Happy Lehman. He said, "If Happy's laughing, this must be the Holy Spirit." And then one of his other leaders at his church, or the the movement that he was part of, was the Vineyard movement. He asked him to pray for him, though he prayed for him like twice, and the guy got prayed for. And the Holy Spirit fell on him so hard that he knocked him through some chairs. He had no idea what happened until later. The man they got prayed for had a, a back issue that was inoperable. They couldn't do anything about it. And he said, when he was prayed for, when the Holy Spirit came in this way, he felt something pull out of his stomach and all the pain left him and he was healed. Is that not amazing? Like that's I tell you this because I'm gonna tell you a couple more stories too, okay? Because it's just little old me's. It's not people that of spectacular means. So this guy, he uh he gets prayed for. He's on the verge of a nervous breakdown, he's burning out, the Holy Spirit comes. And he is he's getting rocked and the Lord's setting him up a table. You know, it's not it's it's Holy Spirit is there, but it is not always comfortable. You need him to comfort you. That's why he's called the comforter, because he'll put us in situations that make us uncomfortable outside of his intervention. So he gets invited by this guy named John or not or not. I don't know if I said it right. You got it? Yeah. Or not. Y'all know who I'm talking about, don't you? Okay. John or not. He gets invited to a place called the Toronto Airport Church. It's about a year later, and he's not sure that the Lord is going to show up the way that they want him to show up. So he's crying out. He's like, Lord, please (laughs) come. He's crying out, and somebody gives him a prophetic word. Somebody that kind of was a benefactor of his, but they also were releasing prophetic words over his life. He was in a place of desperation because he tasted of the glory of God. And that'll put you in a place of poor in the spirit, you know. You know that God, that there is more. And it just, it, it's like you wake up to who you were created to be. It's like you feel home. It's like this is home right here. I feel home. And you have to be home. You have to be near home. So this guy gives him a word and he gives him he he would this man would send him money at various times and it was exactly what he needed and he said nothing to the guy about it. And the word that he got because he was crying out to the Lord in the secret place. The secret place is so important to us especially for pressing in, you know. What you pray in secret, he will reward you openly. He will. So when you pray in secret, before you even have these meetings where these people are they they carry these graces now the people that are at these meetings they're not they're not saying that I'm special they're saying I'm the donkey that he rode in on so it's up to you to connect with him in the secret place and then we get to be the vessels the vessels of honor that he flows through to touch you so this is what he said in this prophetic word that he was given had no idea that that this man Randy Clark was fixing to go to Toronto this is what he said he said the Lord says to you Randy test me now test me now test me now three times do not be afraid I will back you up I want your eyes to be open to see into the heavenlies my resources for you into the heavenlies, my resources for you. Just as Elijah prayed for Gehazi's eyes to be open, and do not become anxious, because when you become anxious, you can't hear me. This prophetic word actually clenched him into this moment where he went to this church in Toronto, and the Holy Spirit came in a powerful way. And it was known as a Toronto blessing. It was a, worldwide, it was a worldwide revival. And the fruits are, it is incredible, the fruits that came forth from that. So many churches, so many lives saved. I'll tell you a couple of testimonies from this. God used what he likes to say is little old me's. 1995, after the Lord came in such a powerful way, in 1994 I think is when the Toronto blessing manifests. He was praying for a man in Norway named Leith Hetland. And in the encounter, there was a prophecy that was released. It said he was seen in a dark place. Darkness was all around him. And he was like a bulldozer behind him was a cone of light and he saw a multitude of people following him out of that place of darkness into the light the minister said God is going to make you a bulldozer in a dark place and immediately following those words God knocked Hetland to the ground where he shook under the power of God for almost three hours in the weeks to come nearly everyone he prayed for was healed for six months, Hetland didn't understand the significance of what happened. And while he was in the Middle East, some Muslims had carried their quadriplegic friend on top of a bus for seven hours to get to the meeting and receive a healing prayer. The quadriplegic was healed. And I think maybe 750 people were, were gave their life to Jesus in those meetings. The fruit from the encounter was there was at the time this was released, there was nine hundred and sixty thousand Pakistani Muslims gave their life to Jesus. I don't know if you all know anything about Pakistan, but Pakistan is the second most Islamic country on the planet right now. It's a very hostile place towards Christians. They actually have colonies. But there is such a work that the Holy Spirit is doing. It just is a peace that passes all understanding that has a work in that region. So that's the testimony for you. The next one I want to release to you. How much time do we have? We're getting real close, ain't we? All right, I'll rush it. I want to say this real quick before I jump into this, though. If I, if you guys want to leave, you can leave. I won't be offended, but I hope you stay. I was in Atlanta at a meeting. Me and a close friend of mine, and my wife, and a couple other people. And there was there was a hunger that God was. Drawing my friend into not just him alone but I would I share the fruits of the testimony God called him into a seven day fast and I don't think he might he might have fasted a day in his life but he could eat real good he could eat a lot Les can attest to that we go to this meeting he's come out of this fast I don't know how long maybe two or three weeks before we go Holy Spirit is moving so strong, so powerfully. We're seeing things. I mean, even when the speakers are talking, people are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. It just it sounds like, like people are being electrocuted, which the power of God, when it comes, it's, it's a rare occasion when you can stay still. It's kind of like putting your hand in that light socket. You're probably not going to be still when you're being electrocuted. But he's empowering you in the process. He's kind of letting you know his strength too because you're not as scared of the enemy when you know how strong God is. So we are in the hallway actually and my friend is really intoxicated in the presence of God just sitting in the hallway on the floor but at the Sheridan Hotel. It was a very interesting time. And this man by the name of Blaine Cook comes by And I noticed him. I saw him in a video from a long time ago. He used to be with the vineyard when they first started under John Wimber ministering. And the man, he goes by, and I holler out his name. And right when I say his name, my friend's like, he's like, Blaine Cook. And this ain't about Blaine Cook. This is about the encounter of the Holy Spirit at work. So. He goes over to Blaine Cook, and he tells him whatever he told him. I can't remember what he told him, actually. But I do remember, yeah, (laughs) he told him what? I feel like you're supposed to pray for me. And then he said, I feel like I'm supposed to give you something. And the man's eyes got really serious. And he said, are you ready? And my friend was, was like, yeah. He said he was ready. And the Holy Spirit showed up in such a way. He laid his hands on him, and he said, kill him. And right when I said it, I, this he was probably 5'4", and I was the one holding him. And the Holy Spirit came so strong, I couldn't stop it. He goes down to the floor, and... he is. He can barely breathe because of the weight of the glory on him. He said he felt like an elephant was sitting on his chest. It was a very holy moment. And shortly after this encounter, I noticed the presence increased upon him. And one year later, we were we were at a meeting at another place, this that we love God's people, so we like to get together. And I see with my own two eyes, the way God came on uh, a young man with Asperger's disease. And he went up under the power of God after the laying on of hands. And we come to find out that he was clinically healed He was cleared, clinically healed of Asperger's disease from this encounter. So the Lord did a work. He did a deep work. We judge by the fruits, right? That's what we do. We judge by the fruits. So, okay, one more. Y'all good? Everybody good? If you knew how many notes I actually brought, Jacob's like seven, seven pages. I was like seventeen pages. <laughs> I want I want you to get the word in you. <laughs> part two. Yeah, there'll be a part two for sure. There was this woman who came to a meeting in Toronto from Mozambique. She was burned out, and she said that if God doesn't touch her, she will not be able to go on being a missionary. This woman's name was Heidi Baker. I want to tell you about some of these people, because these are fathers in the church now. I want you to take the faith that it was of the fathers from the past and join it to the faith of the fathers that are at work now, because God is still moving, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And there's many fathers and mothers out there right now. So she had a church of about a hundred people and 300 orphans. And she was a nobody hidden away in the dirt heap of Mozambique, a war-torn country. In Toronto in 1997, at the Toronto Airport Church, where an outpouring of God was taking place, known as the Toronto Blessing, while the preacher was preaching, Heidi couldn't stand it no more. She ran up front, and the preacher said, Heidi, God wants you, he wants to know, do you want the nation of Mozambique? She's crying, sweat's pouring out of her. She she cries out, yes. The speaker prophesied over her that God was going to give her the nation of Mozambique. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk, and the dead are going to be raised. And instantly, the power of God fell on her And she was shaking powerfully. And she said she felt like she was put into an oven. She was soaking wet from the sweat. And she said, God, you're scaring me. God said, no, she said, God, you're scaring me. God, you're going to kill me. God said, good. I want you dead. She heard the audible voice of God saying, hundreds of churches and thousands of people and she said back to him, God we've started four churches in 17 years and it is like to have killed us. How could that be? Then God began to show her now. Then God said what I asked you to do is so hard to do that you can't do it. You're going to need the whole church to do what I've called you to do. Holy Spirit came on this woman like fire, and she was incapacitated for seven days. She couldn't do nothing. She had to be completely dependent on other people to take care of her. For the first 18 months after that powerful encounter, few healings or miracles took place. That's kind of encouraging, don't you think? There's always like, there seems to be like a gap between these powerful encounters, and then, you know, it's like, wait a minute, I thought... You said this about me. But these things will manifest over the next 10 years, you know, 15 years. So for the first 18 months, after this powerful encounter, few healings or miracles took place. Baker persevered in praying until three blind women were healed in three days. Nearly all the deaf in Mozambique she prays for receives their their hearing. She pressed in, y'all. That is pressing in. Eighteen months of praying for everybody who cannot hear, and you're seeing maybe even, she might not have seen one healing in that time frame. God gave her a word, and she pressed into that word. Hundreds have been raised from the dead. He promised that this was the sign that would follow those who believe. There's so many dead being raised in Mozambique that they actually send schools out to study meso- metaphysical, these metaphysical happenings. Even, even what we, you know, the secular world, I don't know. The secular world is sending people in. It's like, is this real? And they're going and they're finding out that this is the real deal. But he promised it, right? It's like, God, if you're doing this, where is it happening? When I think about all these people that are pressing into these moments it's not like I say they're not just going off of a whim God is stirring something in their heart and they're pressing into these moments for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him he's looking he's looking and it's so good he will ruin you He loves hunger. He really loves hunger. Uh, One last verse, and then I'll end this thing, okay? We'll land this bad boy. David, we know David was a hungry one. David said how he swore to the Lord. and Psalms 132 verse 2 and 5 said how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. A little note for you. I come in some days and I, I catch Jacob and he's just pressing in. He's just spending time in a secret place and he's just enjoying the presence of the Lord. I've walked in on him so many times, just communing with the Lord. And he, he has this thing where he presses in. And that's why I love him. Because I've seen him. I've seen him. So I love Michaela. Kay Michaela actually enables she actually them as a team are so powerful. I don't know if y'all could do it without each other. I know you couldn't do it without each other. Your position. <laughs> Heaven's all over this thing. So he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, surely I will not go into the chamber of my house. He is pressing in and he ain't going to let go. David has tasted of the goodness of God. Now, let's end it Jacob in Genesis chapter 32 I hear about these reports Jacob this one messed with my mind right here because Jacob wasn't a a man of great character I'm talking about in the Bible he made a lot of mistakes and yet he kept getting blessed and I was perplexed for a while I couldn't understand it but then the Lord revealed it to me Jacob was hungry Jacob kept coming to the Lord and all of his mistakes and all of his flaws not we're not saying character flaws we don't celebrate them out here I'm saying that this man kept coming to the table he kept coming to the table of the Lord because there was something there that he knew he had to have He had, there was a delight that only the Lord could bring him. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 through 30. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched him. He touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go. For the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go. I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed then Jacob asked saying tell me your name I pray and he said why is it that you ask about my name and he blessed him there so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved you know to to wrestle you gotta be real close, and to me see with God goes hand in hand with receiving power and anointing and healing from God. How hungry are you to receive from God? I'm just gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come, okay. Holy Spirit, would you guys stand up for a moment? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fall in this place? Mm, You are welcome here. You can come any way you want to, but we invite you to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. If you are experiencing anything in your body, like warmth or tingling, trembling, you can come up front. I want to pray for you. Yeah. Ready? Good. Hold your hands out. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Yeah, just keep playing, playing. Jesus.